episode of Turf Talk. Uh, I am the host this week, James, uh, which is a surprise for many of you. We've sort of had a jockey change. Uh, our, our seven pound claimer as myself is taking over from the, the experienced amateur that is Lewis. How are you doing, Lewis? Yeah, not bad, mate. Yourself? Smashing. Uh, and also, once again, we're joined by Matt Rennie. Hello, this is the £2 overweight certainty. <laughs> <laughs> of course. Um, really, really exciting weekend of action at Newbury. We've got a good Friday and Saturday card, and as well as the Fighting Fifth up at Newcastle. And first of all, we're going to be talking uh, about last weekend's action, which took place at Haydock and Ascot. Um, the Betfair Chase was the first Grade 1 uh, over fences this season, which saw Bristol Demai land the hat trick in his. They might as well rename it to the Bristol Demai Betfair Chase, really, shouldn't they? It would go down the tree with Porto Star, that. Oh, oh. He'd be turning in his grave. He's <laughs> still not caught up, Jim. He needs to do one more. Do you, well, on, the, on last week's performance, you wouldn't quite roll out him doing it, would you? It's the only time he wins. <laughs> <laughs> that is a very good point. It was a very, very good performance. An inch-perfect ride by Daryl Jacob. Matt, what were your thoughts on it? Um, probably exactly how I expected it to pan out. Barlos in translation being beat by so far. Um, I always thought that Nigel Tristan Davis was going to have Bristol and May pump, fully pumped up for this day. This is his day. And as we saw on Saturday, everything came into his favour with, with the rain. Um, I fully expect him not to win again this season. I know, I think we'll see him in the National, but I don't think he'll win it. Um, and I think the next time we see him at his peak best will be in this race next year. Really impressed with Clanders Oboe's performance, especially going left-handed. That was a, that was, that was really, really smart. I'm just trying to see where it rates on this, on the ratings meter compared to where, what he's done before. But the only worry with that is, um, there you go. That's, it was his third best performance in his career on, on racing post ratings and on overall ratings as well. So that's a, a, a good sign for an eight year old going forward this season. Um, the only worry was that was, um, it was pretty attritional in the end, wasn't it, lads, on, on that ground? And you'd have to be slightly concerned of, of um, how much that will take out on him heading into the King George. Potentially, I think he'll be fine. And, uh, yeah, I think uh, we'll let Lost in Translation's number one fan, first of all, uh, delve into what, what the hell happened at the weekend. Yeah, of course, it was devastating to see him sort of struggling towards the back straight. Um, the ground is obviously more of an issue than maybe we all thought originally. Um, I I was of the opinion last season that the ground was fairly soft enough, but on this showing this year, it's quite clearly shown that it was twice as bad as last year. Uh, we know the effects that Haydock can give on horses. They don't call it custard for no reason. Uh, and he sort of just got a bit lost in the dark out there. Um, it, it wasn't his day. I, I thought he jumped perfectly well. Um, it was just he couldn't pick his feet up in that in that in them conditions, and I I think on a bit better ground, yeah, I think he'll be a better horse. And we saw last season on his uh, reappearance at Carlisle, I thought that um, his his sort of needed that run to sort of kick him on a bit. I know he won and he should have in that company, but he never looks bang on quite right at the beginning of the season. 
so he'll certainly improve for that. And I think I think the next logical step for him is the King George. Um, if he's not up to that, then you you look elsewhere and uh, and look at other routes you can do. Lewis, what would you do with Lost next? Well, I thought you were going to say retire him, Jim. No, knowing you, no. <laughs> Uh, no, look, it's, we know what he can do at his best, so unless we see a complete and utter regression, I, I don't get why you wouldn't be going down a similar route. And I see if, even if he does get beaten in the King George, you'd expect to see him in the Gold Cup because what, what else is there for 160, yeah. you know, plus Chaser? Clan ran well, uh, sets him up perfectly for a King George hat trick. Can see him, can see exactly him going well in that, you know, Kempton's his backyard. And Bristol, Bristol Demise a horse who I think hasn't quite got the credit he's deserved over the last few years, including sometimes from us. Because he has really for the past four seasons since he won his first bet fair, he's been within the top, what, five or six staying chases in the country for the last four years. You know, and a lot of people just quite like to pigeonhole as a Haydock specialist and a mudlark, which, to be fair, are both are both things which are fair. But you're not a bad horse outside of Haydock either. You know, third in a Gold Cup, he gave Santini a really good race in the Cotswold last season. I don't, I don't see him as a Grand National or so. I know that's what they want to do with him, but it wouldn't be, it wouldn't be the route I'd take. The only, positive, the only positive with that is his jumping's got a lot better throughout the years. And you remember, I don't remember when he first started in his first Betfair chase. He was he was almost getting himself into a, a bit of a pickle at a few of his fences. Mm. Yeah, it, it was something. I, you know, I almost tweeted as well on on, a, on Sunday that it was. I felt they were time uh, to uh, for time for him to remove the X next to him, and they did on Monday. So he's he's, he's now he's not a Bristol Demite X anymore. Well, that's a, that's a, I agree. I, th- I, I think that was a bit. Uh, his jumping has improved a lot now, um, which you'd hope for the age of nine. He's had he's had plenty of seasons over fences, um, and I, I'm glad that he sort of is now getting a bit of credit. I, I like the way you put it, Lewis. For four seasons, he has been in the top six. I agree, uh, and the next target for him is apparently going to be the Cotswold. They've thought about the Royal Merrick, I think. Um, but the Cotswold is the ne- next target. Do you think that he'll be competitive there if, if the likes of Santini go there? Absolutely no reason why he shouldn't. Matt? Yeah, there's no reason why he shouldn't finish second there again. Um, but, um, oh gosh, I forgot what I was going to say now. Um, I was, I was, it, it was a lovely performance, yeah. And just, oh yeah. You think ever since he was a three-year-old Bristol May, since he came over on his first start, he's been he won a Grade One on his first start here over hurdles. He won the finale at Chepstow, and he's been next to none within that company since. He is so he's some horse for for some for someone who's been regularly crabbed. He consistently turns up, and you could be you could even say, given he's nine going on ten, he's still well within his prime as a as a chaser. So talking to next year, Lou was right, and that he and you were right as well that he could more than easily turn up again in this race and and, and win a fourth. With lost in translation, I'm more relieved that the trainer's representative, I'm guessing it was Mr. Joe Tizard, said that lost in translation was suited by the going rather than it being the wind. If it was the wind again, that would have been serious concerns raised. So 
I'm prepared to forgive him on this run because of the going. And obviously, ground at Kempton every time at, at Boxing Day. That's that, I agree. Um, it was great to hear that nothing had gone wrong with him. It was purely down to the ground. And Robbie looked after him into the home straight once he knew he was beat, didn't he? Uh, he only rallied. I think he rallied a bit after the last um, because Keeper Hill was going to pick him up for third and third place prize money, I think, was a lot where you presume. So, a, a disappointing performance by loss, but excellent by Bristol. We'll move on to the Stays Hurdle handicap, what used to be the fixed brush, and the winning machine that is main fact continued the run, uh, winning nine races now uh, in a row on flat and over hurdles. What did you think of this one, Matt? Uh, well, it was hard to see for starters, wasn't it? Awful <laughs> conditions. It's 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 always hard to get a gauge of of this race, but I'll touch on that in a minute. More 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 so the tribute towards a horse who's to do nine in a row in any sphere, but to do it in flat in, in good flat company and really good jumps company is some achievement. I believe Pipe Juniors beat Pipe Seniors record with mo- winning most horses um, over over flat and jumps. I can't remember what the status is exactly off my head, but that's some achievement and. He did look a really, you, and you have to be a really classy prospect to defy the the hike in the handicap that he's done. Obviously, he's going to get hikes now, so he has to go into graded company, and it's, and it's really, really nice. We're seeing um, another horse throw their hat into a in a really competitive stairs hurdle ring for once with really good horses, rather than horses that have got to prove something or or, or using it as a second sort of career as an alternative. Brilliant performance again. It was it was a Haydock classic, wasn't it? Coming straight from the from the back of the field in the home straight and uh, making the most of that incredibly long and uh, arduous running. Good runs from the second and third as well. Keep them in mind for uh, for handicaps later on in the season. Most probably Highland Hunter looks like he could have a he could have a big one in him. The Jam Man, there was no gamble on him that day, and he, he didn't he didn't really show up. Um, fully expected to somehow win the Gold Cup though. <laughs> and um, yeah, relegate the plot job for the old uh, Pertum's final goes on. And one who did run okay in that race for a long way before getting tired was Kalashnikov. I was pleasantly surprised by him, and um, he, he's he's one to take out of that. Whether they go hurdling or, or chasing again on better ground or around the intermediate two and a half mile mark, but. Take nothing away from the winner. Great performance. Great result for Fergus Gillard as well, who's riding out of his skin at the minute. So it's really nice to see them being tested in grade one company and uh, Mr. David Pipe having a really never good horse on his hands. Yeah, certainly agree with everything you said there, Matt. And Lou, main fact, does he chuck his hat into the stairs hurdle ring? Uh, he's, he's probably got himself to a level now where you can. he's, he's allowed to have a tilt at the cleave. You know, I, I I wouldn't quite be going that far yet. You know, we I, I guess you know Fergus Gillard has ridden him practically all the last of his last few starts over jumps. He takes a seven off, which means really he's winning this off one forty. It's just an absolutely mint job from David Pipe. To be fair, nine out of ten for him since coming from Diane Sayer, getting nine in a row. You know, on the flat, hurdling over two miles, now hurdling over three. Impossible, really, to say a bad word about what they've done with him. It, it really is, and it, it's it's truly remarkable to any performance. Third wind, one of my selections in the race. I I thought he ran really well. I I, I did have question marks about him staying three miles strongly, but I, I do think he was just picked up by 
in the conditions on the day. I think a bit better wind will. I have marked him up a bit for running so well on on such attritional conditions. And Imperial Alcazar, Matt, what where do you go with him next? What do you do with him? I think he's quite a hard horse to place now. Um, it, he he's an interesting one. He he still does re- retain bits of it, bits of his ability. Obviously, it was his first start out of novice company. He, he he did have really really good form as a novice last season. So he's always entitled to not not come on for the wrong because he usually ran really well when fresh before, but. Um, Almost find his feet in the handicap company. Um, interestingly, that was his first start over a three-mile trip. He has raced over two-mile six before in the uh, the big big race at Newcastle, the French Furs Novices Hurdle last year. Um, he's, he's he's a bit of an odd one. Would you drop him back to two-mile four and a half furlongs, two-mile four, and find a, a nice competitive handicap hurdle for him? I think I think I would. I think I don't think he. I thought he would relish the, the step up in trip, but I was probably slightly disappointed with how he's finished. I, I won't be. I won't straight away roll out three miles for him because it was his first start, and obviously he could clearly improve from that. Um, I always thought, why, why haven't they gone chasing with him? Because I, I think he's got a bit of size about him. I think it'll be one season. One season here, and then and then straight over the fences. The race that does spring to mind is the Lanzarote potentially because it's a, a speedier two miles five, speedier two miles six. I can't remember the exact distance of it yet. So that that may suit him down to the ground at this stage. Yeah, that that could be a, a serious shout, Lewis. Any thoughts? Any, any other thoughts on the race? Not really, mate. So we'll move over to Ascot, which saw the Chanel Farmer 1965 chase and Imperial Aura win decisively um, to Harvey's prize for the Ryanair at Cheltenham. Um, Matt, thoughts on this? Good horse. Very, very good horse. And it's nice to see we've got a really progressive one coming through, especially for the, the, the two Bs, Bailey and Bass, who have um, who, who everything they touch turns to gold, really, this um this this wind this late autumn early winter um, at the time of recording David Bass has rode seven winners from his last ten rides which is just unbelievable and it's it's really nice to see them have their good horse he jumped really really well I thought throughout the whole I know some people thought he could be quite overconfident don't particularly mind that in a horse as long as he just doesn't belt a fence or stand off it too early he he gives enough respect to his fences and I think playing the waiting game with him this season. He's going to pay off in the long term really, really well. Bailey obviously tried it with Vindication last year, and we still don't know where that's going to go. It could all change after the Labrox Trophy on Saturday. But by potentially avoiding a clash in the King George at such an early stage, could set him up to be cherry ripe next year when Clandeserbo is going for his fourth King George. Um Yeah, Bailey, he's got a bit of a dab hand with these sort of Horses, he jumped really, really well. It's almost quite hard to analyse a race with with only four runners in it because you never really know what's going to come on. Itchy feet jumped okay, um, but he's put, well put in his place by Imperial Aura. Real Steel tends to always come on for the run, and uh, I was I was disappointed with him though. I, I, if I want, if I thought he was going to be a King George horse, I would have expected slightly more, and he didn't exactly say that he's, he, he he will relish going back up to three miles in that race. 
can't read anything about Corton because that was just a, a unique sort of luckless incident where he unships Brian Eats. So take nothing away from the winner. You do have to question some of the form in the form but behind it, but you can only really focus on Imperial Aura and he has the world at his feet at the minute. Yeah, Lewis, any any thoughts to add on that? It's a good yeah. It's a good one. I I, I like the way I would he, he lobbed along really, didn't he? And, and Real Steel kind of drew level with him back down the back straight. And at the time, you'd have probably said Real Steel was going slightly the better of him. Not that, not that Imperial Aura wasn't going well or was off the bridle, but, you know, it was a little bit looser in David Bass's hands, you know, a bit more head movement from him. And then just, just turning around into the home straight, he just had him in so much trouble. You don't like him, do you? I find that weird. It's the, it's not that I don't like him. I, I, I think he's a I think he's a good horse. I just got reservations around some him at the top top level. I, I I get the hype, but I don't get it personally. I think that Carlisle race on paper, and I could look like a right mug here. I don't think it's that good. Um, there's horses in there that I liked in previous seasons, but I just think aren't on the upgrade. They're more going downwards. This race, Real Steel hit two, he hit the tenth, and he hit the third. The third just completely knocked the stuffing out of him, and he was really going to be the only real challenger to Imperial Aura. I think that he will be beaten at a higher level. I'm not saying that. I think he. I think he's a very, very, very good Grade Three, Grade Two horse, but I just don't think he's got the class to be a grade one horse. I could quite easily look like a mug and I'm willing, to, I'm, I'm hoping that Imperial Aura makes me look like this. But next time out, where he turns up against proper, proper grade one horses, like, would you fancy Imperial Aura to be Min? No, not at this stage, but it don't mean, you know, a couple of months down the line whether things would be different. Yeah, and I, I get you. But I'm, I'm not... 100% sold on him just yet. I want to see him have a proper race, a proper graded company. And I know that he's, he's done it in big fields before. Maybe I've just taken a bit of time to warm to him a bit. But I just feel like he's a, he could be a, niggled a bit and he could just lack for that tactical and classy aspect that sometimes you see in a Ryanair horse. It's quite hard to gauge the ratings of, the, of this race as well because you always seem to get two different calibre of horses in there. Obviously, surname was the anomaly last year with an RPR of 179. Imperial Aura has been given 167 for this, which is the same as Politologue when he won in 2018. Now, when Politologue won this, compared to Imperial Aura winning this, they were both at different stages of their career already. Um, and before that, 169 was top-notch. Again, another horse at completely a different spectrum of his career. And... So it's it's hard because somehow, obviously, Vitor was was not up to scratch in this race when he won it. But but Imperial Aura on RPRs after this race is three pounds better off than Vitor. Obviously, at this stage, it's not the case that Imperial Aura is a better horse than Vitor. So it's an it's an interesting pointer for the future. Um, I think they'll go probably for the Silvignaco Conti at Kempton again. I know we mentioned it on the podcast last last week before having a crack at the rider and that'll be the that'll be the stage where it's uh not make or break but where we where we get our first pointer to how classy and whether Imperial Aura is a grade one winner or not. A lot of people jump in the gun though as as they did with Shiskin on Monday. And I hate, hate to be a bloody bum but people jump jump the gun jump the gun too early sometimes and, and it and you, you you get shot down and it hurts a lot more. 
Stop ruining all our fun, Matt. You'd be miserable old git. <laughs> so, right, when the Christmas tree goes up on the 1st of December, I'll change my mood. <laughs> and, uh, another small runner race saw, song for someone get the better of Call Me Lord and a, a now retired and very disappointing Lorna in third. Do we have much opinion on this race, Matt? Apart from the fact that Tom Simons is showcasing how good of a trainer he is, he is in some form again this season. And, and the having David Dennis come over and be his assistant trainer has proven to be uh, some link-up indeed. And the horse, to be fair to him, keeps surprising. I'm sorry he surprised you two on Saturday as well. Um, a lot of people thought he wouldn't back up his Kingwell Hurdle victory. and Everyone was, was, crab, was, was crabbing that, including myself to some extent. But he he won that really, really well. Of course, it's hard to get the gauge on what was essentially a two-runner race with, with Lorena stopping like a train coming into the home straight. Obviously, she's bled since, and hopefully everything is OK with her, and hopefully she has a happy retirement. But he's beaten a good yardstick in uh, Call Me Lord, so it'll be interesting to see where he goes for the future. Again, the next race he faces, which is going to be the international hurdle, I believe, is likely to be a better indication of what type of horse we've got at this stage, would I say he's a champion hurdle horse? No. He he screams of Aintree to me in the Aintree hurdle. That's what I was going to say. I I thought I'd skip Shelton, miss miss it, and go there fresh and ready to go for Aintree. Because if, if you look at his his profile, he does go well fresh most of the time. Um, and I think that's where the main target would be. Lewis, champion hurdle horse? Um, he could probably line up for it. He could probably line up for it and... It, he wouldn't be out of place in a better in a better year in a champion hurdle as well. This was a bit of a pointless race, wasn't it? You know, Lorena, you know, was being retired after it, bleeding again. Call me Lord is like Matt said, a good yardstick. But I mean, the whole stone theory applies to Call me Lord, doesn't it? It does. I've, really? never, I've never heard this elusive whole stone theory. I can't even believe it. The whole stone theory is is how we judge whether a horse is potentially good enough to win grade ones. But whole stone is the benchmark for the staying hurdlers. <laughs> and I think Call Me Lord in the same colours is the one that we might use for the champion hurdle. Because he runs to the same high 150s level practically every time he turns up. If you're going to be win, uh, winning a champion hurdle, you've got to be better than Call Me Lord. If Call Me Lord beats you, you're not winning it. So for the stairs, we've got the Holstone Theory, and for the champion, we've got the Call Me Law Conundrum. Yeah. Love that. Also, great, great to hear that Holstone's okay and everything. He's going to be out for the rest of the season. Took a nasty fall in that stairs hurdle. Um, just a brief mention about that. Uh, uh, he, owes, he owes no one nothing, Holstone does, so if it's the last we've seen of him, no one can begrudge a connection. Perfectly put. Perfectly put. Lewis, you tipped up Snow Leopardess. Impressive performance. Stayed on strongly to beat Commodore. Anything to add on that? Uh, yeah, looked like we want to get Venetia for a long way. Snow Leopardess made a horrific error far out. Stayed on very well. She, look, she's, she, she will own that one, obviously, ahead of a mark. Uh, happy days. Matt, anything to add upon? Uh, two more. Uh, is it Landilla? How do you pronounce it? It's the Welsh name. Landinabo Lad in the first was another Tom Simons winner. Uh, beating my good thing in Do Your Job, but I'm not too disappointed with him because he 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 was racing far too early, out and the race kind of the the race kind of went to shit a bit to be honest. With you. Either, even the winner Dickie Johnson said on the winner they were they were racing far too early in ground, which um, 
ground conditions which they did not really anticipate. So two good horses at the top of the market, uh, top of the top of the result there. Keep an eye out for the season, and we have to give a mention for for the old boy, perfect candidate, slushing up in the stairs chase at the end of the card by forty five lengths. Yes, the race was very uncomfortable to watch in the sense that there was a lot of knackered horses in that. But he's perfect candidate. He's gone through the ground perfectly. And who doesn't love a 13-year-old winning? What a legend of a horse he is as well. Yep, I completely agree. And just last of all, Master Tommy Tucker finally put everything together in that graduation chase. The Caspian Caviar looking like the next target. And Handicap has not missed him, I think, if I last saw. I think he's been put up a fair amount for winning that. But Let's have a look. Uh, Let's have a look. He's a good thing. I can't blame him saying it. He jumped perfectly throughout that. I wouldn't say perfect. I, I think he just made one, one or two chancy errors, but well, not, not distraught about his jumping. I, I, I thought it was, it was okay. Jump well in the main. I think the words to put it on the Marcy Tommy Tucker scale. He jumped perfectly. Uh, he's, been put, he's been put up nine pounds, which isn't for a horse that's been touted as a Grade One horse. If he was to go to the Caspian Caviar next, he should really be able to defy that. Eight to one anti post boys, get on. Um, we'll move and look forward to this weekend which is at Newbury a tremendous card um, we'll briefly just give uh, a little analysis on the long distance hurdle which sees Paisley Park head the market at 2-1 to one, McFabulous at 5-2 to two, Somerville Boy and Time Hill share the honours at 11-2 to two, Liz Nagar Oscar at 11s good old Sam Spinner at 18s 20-1 to one, you can have Honest Vic and Old Petit Soin. Uh, at bigger prices with Vision de Flo one night in Milan. Lewis, Paisley Park, his, his seasonal return. We saw him run an absolute cracker in this beating Thistlecrack last season. Do you think that he will retain his crown? He should do. He should do. If he's anything like he was anyone over the last two seasons, barring last year's stayers, which he was an issue, so he should do. Uh, he's a price as well, if he's, if he's that good... Ah, look, I mean, you're taking it half on trust that 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 the problem sorted. But his, his forms are strongest in this. If it wasn't for that, you know, if he didn't turn up at Cheltenham, if he got an injury before Cheltenham and didn't go and turned up here, he'd be on top. You know, and when 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 you can come up with an excuse why horses run poorly, which the Lavelle team have done, uh, I t- I tend to be happy enough to forgive that run. If I feel that it's uh, built into the price, then I think two to one is. What we, we know he's better than Somerville boy. At his best, Liz Nagaroska turned him over in the in the stairs, and I like Liz Nagaroska. I think he's overpriced here, but the cleaves are true a reflection of where the pair are. <sighs> McFabulous. I'm not quite on the bandwagon with him yet. Not quite on the bandwagon with him yet. In terms of bare form, and I know he's the one who's progressing, the one who's going the right way. He's he's not achieved half as much, you know, as some of these. He's five to two, you know. He's a winner of a novice handicap hurdle the same weekend as the Stairs hurdle, and the Stairs hurdle winners here at eleven. You know, of course, of course, I can see why why he's the right one because really. It's going back to like what we said what what we said at the preview where horses who are a little bit unexposed and the new rivals tend to be a little bit shorter 
just through virtue of there has to be something else. You know, because we know at Somerville Boyle is in the guard Oscars best he won't beat Paisley Park. McFabulous probably won't either, but we don't know that for certain. So that's built into his price. Again, I, I probably like Time Hill a little bit less than most people as well. Uh, I think I think he's a fine animal. Couldn't knock a thing he did last season, but I'm just not quite sure whether the uh, whether the likelihood of him becoming, you know, the leading light in this division. Again, he's a little bit overstated because at the end of last season, he was the only obvious one other than Paisley Park. I think he's a good horse in, in, in a normal renewal of this. This is a, this is a really, really strong affair. He'll probably be better than the one walk because that'll probably end up with about two runners across the ground. But uh, time, time Hill's probably capable of winning grade twos again this season and a grade one, but at, at this stage, I'm not sure whether I have him as the best three-mile hurdler around. It's boring, but I think Paisley Park should win it, and I don't think you'll get odds on uh, odds against him about him again the rest of the season. I think I agree with everything that you said, basically, there, Lou. Uh, Matt, McFabulous 5-2, just an impressive winner uh, of that Persian war. Do you think he's priced he's on the short <coughs> side like us? Yeah, I do. Um, I do like <coughs> MC Fabulous. Uh, he was very good at market racing when I saw him <laughs> last season. Um, but Lou's right in that he's won a Persian War, and he's got a lot to he's got a lot to go to be the price he is. Whereas Lisnagar Oscar is with the sponsors is eleven to one, and he's a stairs hurdle winner. And he he ran with great credit in what was a stronger renewal of the West Yorkshire hurdle than people are really thinking it was. He's he he is definitely of interest. Obviously, he's giving three pounds away to McFabulous and Time Hill. Time Hill does really interest me because, <laughs> um, bless you, Lewis. Oh, um, <laughs> Time Hill. Yep, yeah. he's a he 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 should have been closer in the in the Albert Bartlett, shouldn't he? I mean, even Dicky was really really pissed off with the ride he gave him. Because he, he encountered trouble at the most crucial stages twice, but still did really well to, to finish as close as he did in a vintage renewal of the Albert Bartlett in fourth. And if you if you look back on the replays, you can see Dicky punching the air in frustration just before the line. So he knew he should have been closer. So you can almost mark up that performance slightly. Um, obviously, it's his first one in um, Open Company, and the thing that concerns me, I know Hobbs is, is an okay form, but he, his his best stars haven't produced the goods on the stage yet have they this season and for that Paisley Park who if the heart fibrillation hasn't left its mark and, and doesn't make its reappearance of course it's a risky proposition odds against about Paisley Park but a, a stairs hurdle winner a, a dual grade one winner and a champion essentially is um is, is, is gifting money really? It could be an early Christmas present to come in. So it'd be Paisley Park and, and Lisnagar Oscar for me. I love Somerville Boy ever since he he landed me a very very large gamble on on the, in the Supreme Novices Hurdle them seasons ago. So from a sentimental point of view, I'd love to see him win. I think Paisley Park. I'm a, I'm in agreement with everyone. Two to one is an absolute tremendous price. Um, six to one you can get for the stays hurdle. No win. That, that, that's another Christmas present. You can sit on that over the new year and think, how the bloody hell did I get that? Um, Time Hill. I'm I'm of the opinion of Lewis. I'm unsure. 
Somerville boy. I'm the opposite to you, uh, Matt. I, I'm not his biggest fan as I was. Uh, I had a nice price on Kalashnikov for this Supreme novice, and you broke my heart. You'll uh, get everything you deserve. <laughs> so I, I was well aboard the Kalashnikov career very early on, and I've soon jumped off uh, fairly quickly. A horse that I have to give a mention to, who you really can't rule out at 18s, is Sam Spinner. If you go back to his form, fourth in the Cleve behind Paisley, second in the Stays Hurdle, he, he, he was disappointed on his return in the Charlie Hall over fences, back down over the hurdles today. Um, we've, we've seen him over fences most recently in the, in the past two years, but back over, back over hurdles. And I think if he runs anything like his performances over hurdles in, in his campaign two seasons ago, you've, you've certainly got to chuck his hat into the ring. And at 18 is an insult to him. Um, he should be half that in my opinion. Um, but, Paisley's the main selection for me. Paisley, the selection for everyone? Yeah. Yeah, mate. Go with it. In there's fact, also, there's, even a, there's even a better hurdler returning in uh, the 3.35, just a quick mention, and that is the go that is Lil Rockefeller comes back after his injury. Sure is. A lot of fun has been had with him. Another horse that's broken my heart many a time, uh, finishing second to Nichols Canyon in the stairs hurdle at a big old price I had. So, I like you said. If you'd have chucked him in here, it would have been fascinating. But one four five could have a bit of juice in that mark. On that card, we see the return of Flinter Sacra. Um, should be getting the job done in that race. It, it, it's there's some nice horses in it, but uh, he should be getting the job done there. Uh, Brave Man Game, Brave Man's Game, and Bothwell Bridge take each other on in a nice novice hurdle on the Friday. And Fiddler on the Roof, Caribbean Boy, and Getaway Trump. Battle out for the Grade Two uh, novice chase. Um, for, any thoughts on that, boys? No, Fiddler should win. I see, you know, it's it's a he's a it's. I see him more as a staying staying type. It took him a fair while to get his head in front. Exeter last time out, but Getaway Trump's a hard horse to have confidence in, and from what we know, he should be better than Caribbean Boy. That being said, Caribbean Boys. No, very much an unknown quantity. It's a a watch race for me. Not really, yeah, not reading too much into it because it's, it's it's such a shame we've seen only three runners declare for what's usually quite a historic race. Um, I don't think I don't think Fiddler on the Roof is that good, but that's just my own <laughs> personal opinion. Uh, I know it's horrible, it's horrible. I, I, that toll with hurdle form at the start of the season is 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 not tickling my fancy. So on the on the rule of three that we saw at the weekend in the Coral Hurdle, I'll be back in the outsider getaway chump purely because it happened again at Weatherby yesterday where the outsider won as well. So that's the sole reason I'm back in getaway chump. Not because I like him or anything like that. I think he's one of the most untrustworthy. He's almost as untrustworthy as the uh, person he's named after. But um, he showed signs of getting his act together more over fences last time out. And uh, four to one, he might as well just have a 50, 50 pence or a shilling on it. In a, in a free runner race, Fiddler on the Roof should win. Really, he's twelve pounds rate twelve pounds rated higher than than both them two, so I'd be disappointed if he doesn't. Yeah, Fiddler on the Roof should easily get the job done. I think. I, I'm. I wouldn't say easily, Jim. I wouldn't say easily. I, I, I'm like Matt. I, I, I've if 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 there was opposition in here that I'd that I'd be keen on, I'd probably be looking to get Fiddler on the Roof beaten. But I don't really know where you'd put Caribbean boy. And like like Matt said, getaway Trump's not not one to uh, set your clock by, is he? 
you know, so it's it's a race I'd avoid. This could this could all be fake news by the end of play Friday after that race. <laughs> <laughs> Fiddler on the roof's a very nice horse, and I'm a big fan of him. So I'm not I'm not agreeing with all this crabbing on him. Step him up in trip, and I think he'll be a decent three mile chaser. Um, we'll move on to the to the Saturday now. The Labrooks Trophy, uh, formerly the Hennessy takes centre stage. Um, the conditional heads the market at sevens with I right at eights, Black Op at nines, Vindication, Kildesart, Copperhead, and two for gold, all at tens. Twelves for Cloth Cap, sixteens for Secret Investor, Potterman's twenty, Beware the Bear, and a host of others are twenty five to one bar the field. Matt, the conditional, making his reappearance. The last time we saw him in the Ultima, uh, he got his head in front and, and was an impressive winner. What Do you think he's got a very good chance of, of bouncing back here? I do, yeah. I think we were talking about it off the cuff, weren't we? The, the Labrooks Trophy name check, what was the Hennessy over recent years, has, has become nothing more than a handicap, really, um, which is a bit of a shame to see. But he's a good handicapper with the conditional, obviously winning at um, uh, over at the festival. He he he's very hard to crab. He is very hard to crab. And David Bridgewater is a shrewd operator when it comes to these sorts. The only thing I'd have is that um, he can He did he did at Cheltenham. He did belt one in the, in the home straight. He still managed to win, but yeah, it's not one not one you want to be taking much of a chance on. Um, just looking at the field now, I do like. Two for gold. It's interesting seeing he's been he's been tapped up here, but Bailey's not really spoken highly about him, which is uh, obviously some concern. And also the the class act in the field could be vindication, couldn't it? He's he's still he's still an unknown quantity, like Imperial Aura, but he's been over fences one one season earlier. But um, he, he he did really well on his reappearance against and surname. Uh, I wouldn't read anything too much into the to the schooling he did at Newbury a couple of days ago or a week ago because he usually jumps really poorly in his schooling accordingly. Um, so it'd be really interesting to see where where he ranks among those chasers. And given the form of Bass and Bailey at the minute, you cannot rule anything out coming from their yard. So they they would be sort of on my hit list, but one also on my hit list is Kildesart. Um he looks like he could have gone the wrong way last year, and he he's come back in in and bounced back in really good in fine form in fine fettle. Um, I think that reappearance against Roxana would set him up perfectly for this race, and he's a player. He is a player. It's certainly interesting. You mentioned vindication schooling. Uh, he's jumping when he was schooling. Um, David Bass, I think, mentioned yesterday on Sky Sports that since he's been to to Newbury to, to school over them, that he's jumping a lot better at home. So may, maybe that's a positive to take out. The, the Labrooks Trophy off the top of my head is a race that you really need to get in a serious rhythm. I think Newbury is that sort of track where it, as soon as you hit one, you're sort of out of it. The conditional's £10 higher than, than winning the race, uh, than finishing second in the race last year. Lou, do you think he's got a chance? He's not one to rule out, mate. I've... Like like you said, it, it's a very it's a competitive Hennessy, but it's not one you look at anything. There's a standout, you know, bombs were for a many clouds. 
you know, I, I, I guess I guess the typical the typical horse you look at for this sort of race tends to be a second you know a second season chaser coming out into into open company off what looks a nice enough mark and the second season chasers that are coming into this were all probably a little a level or two below the very best of them last season. Uh, I I don't have the most confident of selections, if I'm honest in this. If I were to be pushed, I could give a chance to kill Bissart. Uh You know, got done by the condition at the Cheltenham Festival, uh, giving him £11. Obviously better off at the weights here. Warmed up quite nicely at Weatherby over hurdles. The, the conditional, you know, I, I put the conditional up at Cheltenham, and he's up eight for that. The, 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 re, the reason I, I put him up was because I thought the handicapper had been really lenient in dropping him for his Warwick run. Where, where I thought he ran fine and he just didn't stay. I don't think he's, I don't think he's off a poor mark here either off one four seven, given given what he did at the festival. Runner up in this last season, he's got a chance. Black Ops needs to jump better, don't they? Sure does. Yeah, I can't. I can't have Black Ops because of his jumping. Um, in the form of that Corto star <coughs> at, at Cheltenham, uh, not Cheltenham, Kempton isn't working out as great as as some may have hoped. Um, if there was a champ or Sa- even a Santini in it during this season with lumps of weight, they'd have they'd have won this. Um, I know Champ's a bit more backward than he, than he was at the start of last year, so that's that's fine. But you look at Santini and you think, a galloping track at Newbury, I know it's his first appearance and he, he comes on a pig load, but you, you look at that and think, he'd have the measure of all of them, wouldn't he? You'd, you'd certainly hope so, wouldn't you? Um, for me, in the race, I like Copperhead. I'm willing to give him another go. Something was clearly not right in that. West Yorkshire hurdle, the stable wasn't firing. Um, but you go back to that Reynolds Town. I know it. I know it was a bit of a, a sort of falling apart in the end. And he's obviously improved a fair whack for going over over fences. Um, he jumps well enough, although he did fall in the RSA. It just looked like everything had just fallen apart. He was beaten when he fell. But I, I still think one five two. He could be. A graded horse in time. He's only six. I, st- I still think there's a lot of time to go with him. And Secret Investor is a horse I've had a bit of a love-hate relationship with. Um, I'm, I'm not exactly been his biggest fans over the years, but over three miles last time in that Native River handicap chase at Chepstow, he absolutely bossed him. Jumped really, really well. Pressed on strongly. Three miles. I've not thought that three miles is up his street. But he quite clearly showed that. He showed them a clean pair of heels. Uh, up six for that. I think that's fair enough. And 16 to one's a, a generous price. And I, I think Secret Investor, although he is eight and it feels like he's been jumping fences forever, even though he has been for three, is it three seasons now? I still feel like he could pop up in a handicap like this one day and, and run well at a big price. He's done. Go on. Sorry, Matt. I just, just, it was just a quick line for me. He looks he looks a dangerous player at his, at his current racing and price, given he got within two and a bit legs of Native River last season as well, and no one really has that form of the book in this race. Yeah, I, I'd agree about that, to be fair. I, I think I think Secret Investor's got a, 
got a right chance and I think he's overpriced at 16. I'd throw one at even bigger in with a chance and again it's it's a bit of a swing and it's a bit of a swing because he's a price because he's very much an all or nothing horse but Mr Malarkey is capable of this mark off 150 if he's on a going day sixth in the race last year although never really never really a threat but he did win off three pounds lower than this in a, in a good handicap at Kempton what used to be the racing post chase uh, already had a pipe open in this season at Ascot he he doesn't particularly string string good runs together anymore, but he he is one who is capable off this back and the, the trip suits. You know, it's only it's only three uh, three runs ago he was winning good races off a similar enough rating. He's thirty three to one. I don't think that's too silly, uh, given that we we know a fair bit about him. We know he's capable when he wants to be. You know, he can hit the frame. If he, if he's in if he's in mood, I, th- I think better grounds are key to him as well. A lot of his better forms on good, good to soft, um, and, and at the minute he's currently good, so that would be more in his favour. So our final selections, Matt, are you going with Kildasar? Uh, I am at the minute. I might change, but I'll put it on Twitter if I do. <laughs> Cracking, uh, Lewis. Yeah, Kildasar for me. And. I'll go. I'll go with Secret Investor. I think he's overpriced at sixteens, but I think it's a race that's slightly disappointed in the end. But they need to get rid of the. They need to get rid of the many clouds chase or the Betfair chase to make this race a classic again. Really, they, they can't get rid of the Betfair. No, you I'm, can't now. The many clouds, maybe. Yeah, I, I, I agree. It was fine as a listing contest, but putting as a grade two now, so it's diluting the fields. It is. It is, and we'll move on to the Jerry Field, and now the what is now the the intermediate hurdle. Maria's Rock heads the market at seven to four. Time White eleven to two. Milkwood six to one. Botox has at eights with Sebastopol, Floressa at twelves, and fourteen to one. The rest of the field. Lewis, you've got a bit of a theory about Milkwood and 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 that Welsh champion hurdle. Do you think he's competitive here? Yeah, I think he. At the prices, I think he's the bet. The Welsh champion hurdles being the best handicap we've seen this season. The best handicap hurdle. Sorrell's gone on and won the elite. Baliande, you know, second to the plot east of plot jobs, giving tons of weight away in the Greatwood. Buzz absolutely danced up last weekend. Mario de Pale's also gone and won. You know, Milkwood's finished in between all of them. Two, you know, two and a half lengths behind Buzz. Who's now rated what near enough 150? Is it about 148, 149? He's been put up since that. Probably the easiest handicap winner. Uh, you'll see our weekend apart from the one Bridget Andrews Road. Uh, and look, if you take the if you take the Welsh champion herbal form literally, which I don't see any reason why not to. Milkwood's probably a horse who's closer to 150. Then he's one for one. Is he off the same mark as his fourth at Foss last six to one? I think he's a good bet. Marie's Marie's Rock is potentially very very good. You know, you're throwing in a bit of an unknown quantity there. But she she's priced up again on the fact that she could be potentially very good rather than rather than a form having great amounts of substance. Uh, she could absolutely dance up here. It won't surprise me at all. But at the prices of the same mark, I'd be happy enough to side with Ernie Moore's horse. 
Fair point, Lou. Matt, Marie's Rock, good price, certainty or not? Uh, no, I'm with I'm I'm in the same camp as Lou with Milkwood. Um, I agree with everything he says so far. Um, Marie's Rock, yeah. I don't think she's the certainty. She's no epitome, is she? Um, I know it's, it's always a ca- it's this competitive intermediate hurdle, and the form of her Taunton win has uh, been boosted. But it has been a long time since we last saw her, and you do just wonder how much she's how much more improvement she's got left to come. Um, it, it's a difficult race to get a good gauge of, and I quite like that we can't actually get much of a gauge of it because it was the same with Epitot last year before she went on to do what she did. Um, Botox hard needs to be respected even off top weight because that performance that Cheltenham put in was very very good, and obviously with all mankind doing doing the near sprint of Sacra over the Warwick fences last time out. It's, it's, it's good form and it, it, he might just be a classy horse and classy horses do defy big weights in this race previously. You think back to all the way back to Rock on Ruby in 2011. So I'd be with Milkwood. That Welsh champion hurdle form is um, it's like a gold mine for winners, isn't it, at the minute? And we could even have the fighting fifth hurdle winner here. Yeah, just your good. Interesting you mentioned Botox as I was going to say the same thing. Top weights don't necessarily do very well and I don't think Botox has his up to rock on Ruby's quality uh, just of yet. Four and five-year-olds have a really, really good record in this. That's the only negative I have for Milkwood. Um, Sebastopol is a horse I've grown to love and hate. Um, whenever I seem to back him, he seems to get beat. Uh, and Time White was impressive on his reappearance uh, at Chepstow. Did the job well. Was, was slightly disappointed in the boodles. He'd like to have seen him finish a bit closer. But he's a horse that's you probably keep on the on the main side, and I, I'll probably make a hat trick with Milkwood. I, I, I think, like you said, that that Welsh champion hurdle form's really really solid, um, and I, I think it's generous that they've left him on that same mark. Is it a hat trick of Milkwood's? Yeah. All Although before we move on, Jim, can I just say I think twenty to one the pink one overpriced. Daniel Sampson's allowed to claim free again because it's a handicap. Uh, he wasn't last time out in the Masterson's holding. His horse always seems to go off a bigger price than he should. Uh, no one seems to respect him, but he's really consistent. This will this will require a, a career best, but look, I, I, I think the likelihood of him running into the three is more than the uh, twenty-one suggests. Yep, fair point. Um, just a brief run through the other races at Newbury. There's a John Frankham novices chase. He's one for the team. Kaluki next destination. Uh, hold the note AC Milan and Southfield Stone line up really exciting race next destination will he get off the mark over fences the bounce factor the bounce factor keep an eye on the bounce factor because he's been off for a, he was off for a bloody long time wasn't he two so, years god you, you never know um, Southfield Stone would be the one for me even giving three pounds three pounds away he's a, he's a he's a solid yardstick and uh, I know we got gobbed by protector out last time out but Protector that is a uh, is a good thing, and um, before that he beat Cool Cody, who uh, we know what he's gone on to go and achieve. So it'd be interesting to see how he does a, on a flat three miles. It might just bring out the best of him and a bit more. Yeah, Lou, next destination, yes or no? Uh, not this time. Look, he's is the one with the potential to be a grade one, a grade one chaser because we know the rest of them probably won't be or definitely aren't. Uh, but I'd be with Matt again. 
I, I, I think in terms of form in the book and what we know of a Chase Southfield Stone giving three pounds away is a more solid bet than next destination on his first Chase start and his second for two and a half years. Two strong opinions on Southfield Stone. Kaluki for me, I, I'm a, I'm warm into this horse. He's a big gangly sort. Um, fences last time, he, he didn't respect him as much as I'd quite have liked. He made a few mistakes, but still got the job done fairly decisively. Uh, stepping back up to three miles, I, I certainly <coughs> think it's no issue. He was a bit of a weakish finisher against Ramsey's Deter uh, at Haydock, but who isn't over three miles in heavy ground against Ramsey's? Um, I, I think he's on the upgrade, and I, I think he, he might be able to get a nice price about him. Uh, we'll move now to Newcastle, which sees the first grade one over hurdles. Um, we see Epitont head the market of 4-6, the reigning champion hurdle winner. So Royale at 5, Silver Streak at 7, Ribble Valley at 10s, Cornerstone Lad at 14s, 28-1, not so sleepy, and Voiderev at 200s. Lewis, is this Epitont's to lose? Yeah, it, it should be. I mean, look, it's... it's... I don't really have much more to say about it other than the champion earlier really should should win this. Uh, Sorrell's a, a reasonably decent rival for a, you know, they've not they've not met yet as far as I'm aware. Uh, well, no, they haven't. I, I don't know why I said as far as I'm aware. They definitely haven't. Uh, <laughs> he's been chasing and she's she was mares and obviously thirdly. Uh, so yeah. It, it makes the race a little bit more interesting because, again, it's a new rival. We know she's better than Silver Streak. We know she's better than Cornerstone Lad. Uh, Ribble, Ribble Valley's progressing, but, you know, none of his home says he should be beating Epitone. Uh Yeah, she should win this. I'd rather talk about the handicaps. <laughs> Matt, Epiton, all the beating. Yeah, she's she's the one to win it, but at 10 to 1, I'd be taking a chance on Ribble Valley. Um Nicky Richards spoke to him a couple of weeks ago. He was glowing about this horse. You know, they they think it's their next best superstar. And I know it was a it was a really weak race he won at Carlisle, but he, he won that in 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 style. And he's been really much touted in the, on the Northern Circuit as their next next big thing. Um, obviously he had his wind issues, and for what? Well, how old is he now? A seven year old. He is he's very likely raced in only having seven starts. So. There still could be plenty more to come from him, and I know a lot of people in the in their fence followers and trackers have, got, have earmarked him down as a dark prospect for for the champion hurdle on a classy horse. And Brian Hughes is there. I'm sure Brian had plenty of other rides in other places as well where he'd gone and picked up certain winners. But he's uh, he's sticking with Nicky uh, Richards' Ribble Valley. Uh, Epiton should win though on 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 all, on all form and. Getting weight, getting seven pounds as well, which is, you know, that's unfair for a champion hurdler, really. <laughs> you can't really say anything, but so yeah, it, it, it looks like it'll be a smooth start to Epiton here, Christmas hurdle, champion hurdle. Um, I take the prices of the champion hurdle she is at the minute before Newcastle, um, because she she's likely to win and she'll likely shorten up greatly after that. Yep, fair enough point. I agree, Epiton. Wins this, take the prize for the champion hurdle if you fancy it now. Um, Ribble Valley is the interesting one. I was I was impressed, but I have to question that form, and I'm not entirely sold on it just yet. Silver Streak's a horse that you you've got to have a lot of time for, and he was quite impressive in that listed Kempton hurdle last time. Um, 
and it was a new track record as well, so you certainly couldn't rule, rule him out. Um, we'll move on to the rehearsal chase now. Um, a, a weird race to have on the same day as the Hennessy. It's almost, it's almost the same, isn't it, really? Um, even the name, even the name of it suggests it should be before the Hennessy. It's a rehearsal. <laughs> What's it a rehearsal for? Where it's current places. <laughs> a lot of these horses wouldn't look out of place in in the Labrooks, wouldn't they? Um, yeah. Well, Pim heads the market at fives. The butcher said at sixes. What more? Thirteen to two. Cool mix at eights. Brave Eagle at fourteens. Taking risks at sixteen. Charmont. And Chantu Village also at that price, and York Hill at 33s. Matt, Pim, I think personally won't be out of place in in the Labrooks, and I think would run very, very well. So I think he's got an absolutely tremendous chance of winning this. Yeah, just quickly, York Hill at 33s, my word. Um, he's gone down quick, more quick than Bolton Wanderers, hasn't he? Um, <laughs> Jesus. That's rich. That's rich from a Sunderland fan. <laughs> That's what I yeah. was gonna say. How's that happened? I, I, I was gonna bring I was gonna bring the, the the black cats into it, but because we're talking about a race a race at the Mags race course, I'm I'm not not prepared to to bring that out of the bag. And yet we'll, we'll be on the we're getting a new takeover, boys. We're we're on the trail for the Europa League already in in five seasons time. Um, yeah, I think Pim here. Um, if you're looking at that. And you're looking at how leadedly he's been treated in the handicap for quite a convincing win at Sandown last time out. I know it was a three-runner race, but you've got to have a bit of class to beat a grade one winning hurler. And if the cap fits, uh, he's only gone up four pounds for that, which I was quite shocked at, really. I was thinking they were going to try and clobber him. And um, Henderson spoke to him after that race because I was doing the report on it. He said he's going to be really difficult to place this season. But this, this looks a, a perfect placement on paper. Obviously, you're right, he'd have, he'd have been... Not out, not out of the mix in a Hennessy gold, Hennessy slash Labrooks trophy. Better get it right before the bookies jump on us. Um, and he's got plenty to come still. He could be a class, he could be a class act in the field. So I think he, he could even be a nap of the, nap of the weekend, Pim. He is for me. I, th- I think he'll take all the beam. There's nothing in this that can beat him. Lewis, last year's winner taking risks. Uh, now he's six pound higher. Do you think he's got a chance? Uh, probably not. They're running him so he can get into the Grand National. So, uh, is, that the, is that the plan? Well, the, 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 that'd be how I'd see this. You, you need to run all the fences in the season to run in the Grand National. As long as he doesn't get absolutely tailed off. If if he drops three or four, he'll still get in. They wanted to run him in it last year. He would have got into the National last year had it, had it happened. Uh, I don't see him winning off this market. I wouldn't be running him again after this. I, I, my, my campaign around this horse would be make sure he gets into the Grand National. And I, I, I think that's why he's here. Fair, fair enough. Any selection for you, Lou? Yeah, the, there's a couple I really like in it, to be fair. I like all the top three in the betting. I think 156 is a fair mark for Pim. Uh, he's a sort of horse who might turn out to be a fringe-graded performer. You know, if, if he rocked up in the many clouds next week instead of this, I don't think that would have been silly. Uh, better over three miles than he is over anything else now. Didn't see the best of him second half of last season. But in general, we know he's better than that. He could be on a good mark. I, you know, I've banged what more's done for a long time, really. I'm a little bit gutted. He got done by by my old mate, Regal Encore at Ascot last time out. Who is, by the way, as per usual, overpriced for the Hennessy. But, uh, yeah, look, 13-2 is a fair bet for what more. 144 isn't a 
is it an atrocious mark? Although I don't, I think it's a little bit less for him to work off the one three eight. He had at Ascot last time out. He's consistent though. Don't rarely runs a bad race, and he's not handicapped out of things. The one I'd like though is the butcher said, who I, I felt you know when we talked about uh, the Cheltenham meeting, I said I'd, I'd want to be with him on his first start in a handicap. I had in my mind that this horse could probably go and win the ultimate this season. Uh, I, I liked his form line through Snow Leopardess, who I put up last weekend, and who won at Haydock. He was travelling like a threat to the big breakaway un- until he absolutely made a horrific header two out. And they've still put him up. They've, they've put him up two pounds for being beat 40 lengths. Sorry, 40 lengths, 20 lengths, sorry. I don't know why I doubled it in my head. Uh, I think the general level of that form is a little bit better than that. You know, Longhouse Sale. All right, we know he flopped last time out, but he looked very, very good when he beat the butcher said at your toxic um, three miles is his trip. I think I think he's capable of this mark. First start in a handicap. I think he's been given a workable one. Fair, fair enough point there with the butcher said. So selections for this, Matt. Pim, Pim, Pim all over really. Um, there'll be a lot of Pims if he wins. <laughs> even though it's winter, even though it's winter time, we can have pims in the winter. Pretend we're at York. <laughs> oh, I wish, I wish. Lewis, yeah, the butcher said, and uh, I'll eat a lot of meat if he wins. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Anything else we can do for any horses in this? If York Hill wins, I'm going to go live on the Falkland Islands for the rest of my life. <laughs> 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 Just you know. <laughs> as much as much as, we, as much as he's we love an enigma, um, he yeah he he looks gone. To be fair, I hope I'm wrong. I hope I'm wrong. But, if taking uh, risks, we're now going rock climbing. Um, that's about as exciting as I can get with the others. Uh, your kill's form looks like a registration plate, doesn't it? It's getting that way, isn't it? That's a bit. That's a bit offensive. I, I'd love him to run a cracker here. There are. 66s around with him with a bigger bigger field. 33s. Oh, you couldn't, could he? He couldn't. No, yeah. you're right, he couldn't. He, he, he cannot, no. <laughs> Anything else on the cards that adds of interest? We see Envoy Allen uh, over fences in the in the Drinmore on Sunday. We've got the Hatton's Grace, which sees Honeysuckle continue the, the role. And the Royal Bond as well, a really good card at Fairy House. Anything to mention upon them Salja at 6-1 to one in the Atten's Grace do you think yep I do um, he's obviously he's a he's a horse that has troubled a few people um, and on the whole I, I know he fell against Espoir d'Alene when in like, two years ago now but he jumps really really well and if you look at his form book it's incredibly strong I mean I wouldn't be worried about him coming back off an injury layoff because we saw last year in the Morgiana, he could he he runs up to his best when he's fresh and and when he's returning from an injury, and I'm guessing that given he's almost Penhill two point two point over two miles two and a half miles that they're gonna go for it this season with him rather than rather than pissing about and and bringing him up to fitness really I think obviously I might have egg on my face come come Sunday at, at, at 20 to 3 
but I think he's a very good jumper, and I, I really do think he can put up to Honeysuckle, who, obviously, she's she's a marvellous horse. She's got absolutely tons of ability, but still her jumping doesn't really enlighten me with one that's going to win the champion hurdle at all, because she she she, she doesn't half-bloom some of her hurdles, and you you never really say that that often. So I'm prepared to take a take a punt on Salger at six to one. He should really be about fours or threes, and I'd probably expect him to be into that price on the day. Don't talk to me about honeysuckle champion hurdles. Flashback of last season, forty to one. Me and Lewis were on at forties for the champion, and then I rejected her in the mares and saw her win. I've never been so furious with myself in my life. Oh, felt sick. Lou, your favourite envoy Allen in the dream mark. We saw the impressive chasing start of Shishkin. Do you think he's better than Shishkin? Yes. So he should be winning this comfortably then? Yeah, comfortably. Look, it's, it's a good race. Easy work on Andy Dufresne, the two horses I have a lot of time for. You know, I've banged Andy Dufresne's drum a little bit when I think a lot of people were uh, smashing the drum kit up and burning it. I, 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 I think he's going to, I think, you know, I said on the season preview that I think he's, he'll be in the first three of a Charlton grade one this season. I really like him, but Envoyal I think could be the best horse I've ever seen. That's not to say I don't rate Shishkin. You know, pe- people do tend to get a bit carried away with, with good horses. You know, the word machine gets gets thrown out. You know, every day really when we see a nice one. Uh, Envoyal and Shishkin could be two horses we still talk about in fifty years. You know, bet better than champions. The likes of you know. Would I be disappointed if Shishkin went on to have a worse, like, I'd be disappointed if Shishkin couldn't achieve more than, I don't know, like Special Tiara or Saida Gruja, you know, who were champion chasers, but weren't legendary champion chasers. Shishkin's got that sort of legendary order about him. Envoy Allen is a second coming, so he should win this. Uh, I'm, I'm with Matt to a degree in the Hatton's Grace, but I've backed Sal Day for the champion hurdle this week at 20 to 1. Uh, just on the basis that if he goes and wins, his people start thinking about him again. I think he's more of a two mile and two and a half mile though, so it doesn't particularly bother me, even if he gets beat. Look, he was, he was near enough favourite at this point last year for the champion hurdle. Uh, and he hasn't actually done anything in the interim. He's overlooked. I hope he runs well and shows that the ability is still there and then I, I think people start to talk on again and that way there's a potentially very, very good horse uh, knocking about in William Mullins' yard. The Royal Bond, she wears it well, isn't running, is she? Is she not? Or is that, that might have been the, uh, she might have been entered as well on the Saturday, but she's not running in one race anyway. She was definitely, uh, she was definitely entered in the Saturday. Um, she is not in the Saturday race. Concertista's in the Saturday race instead. So, so, so that'll be what I've seen then, yeah. Uh, so she might still be in the Royal Bond, but then again, I also like Bally Adam. And I've also had a little bit on him for the, uh, well, a free bet on him for the uh, Neptune, just because if he goes and wins this, he's going to be a very, very short price favourite come, come Cheltenham, given the reputation. And if he wins this, he's, he's shown at least a good enough level of form. He uh, were 10 to 1 to win the, to win the Ballymore. I think that's a reasonable enough price, given that I think appreciate it might want three miles. Lots of good handicaps on the on the Saturday as well, isn't there? Uh, T Clippers five for one at Newbury. 
which I'd, I'd like to think he could get the job done in again. One forty-two doesn't look to be a horrific mark for him. That three-mile handicap chase is a good one as well. Moonlighter, who chased on your mate Grenatine in the Holden Gold Cup. Iblio ran well against the Moolah Gold last time, and that form has been boosted again. I wouldn't be put off though throwing in Zanza at eight to one. Again, another one coming from novices into an open handicap. I don't think he's on a poor opening mark. I think it's one for two. Uh, barring that, mate, nothing else from me. Good weekend, though. Probably the probably the best weekend of the week so far. Of the, of the week. The best weekend of the week, yeah. Uh, best weekend of the season. Yeah, I have to agree. Um, just a few more to run through. Me, Breaking Waves is in the Peter O'Sullivan Memorial Chase 115. He's moved from uh, Noel Williams's to um, Harry Whittington. Interesting still. I, I really liked him as a hurdler and, and as a bumper horse. It, he's not quite found a great rhythm over fences, but he, he has got his head in front in, in one of them. Um, new stable here, wind surgery might freshen him up. Probably first time out might be the best time to catch him. He's a big old price. Uh, and a horse of off a bit of a cliff with his trim commonly um, had really good novice novice hurdle form um, and a, a slightly disappointed in a handicap chase on Saturday at Doncaster um, needs to brush up on on, on his jumping but I, I still think there's there's something in there and a mark of 127 could be fair enough is that everything could we round everything up I think so um, again we're in that golden period aren't we of the jumps racing now up until uh, King George and the Welsh National when the Welsh Nationals are done and then it's all a bit quiet until Cheltenham so enjoy it while we can and enjoy it if you can get to a race course um, Norfolk's in tier 2 so that's kind of bugging me up a bit oh. I know they've, they've shafted us they've shafted us again us, us northern boys will be, will be forever in tier 3 um, so now it's time for our rating the races nap next best and reserves Lewis we'll start with you your nap of the weekend uh, Milkwood in the Jerry Field and up the prices, I think. Next best, I'm a fan of the Butcher said. In what in a race where I like, I like all the ones at the top of the bed. Uh, it, it's not a race I'd, I'd particularly struggle to make a case for anything in. So I'm, re- I'm rather looking forward to that rather than it being. So, sometimes, as much as I love these staying chases, sometimes they can be fairly full of horses who are a bit out of form and are coming down the weights, especially especially races like the rehearsal, which is kind of the you know, not not the biggest meeting of the weekend, you know, just like 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 you were saying, Jim, a lot of them, you know, would have would have made sense running in the Ladbrokes trophy if they wanted to. Uh, but no, it's a really, really good lineup for that race this season, so I'm looking forward to it. Uh and my and my reserve uh is going to be an Epiton Envoile and Bally Adam uh, treble. Fair enough. We've never had one of them before, but we, <laughs> we can now. We make the rules up as we go along. Matt, Nap, next best in reserve? Uh, Nap's going to have to be Pim uh, in the rehearsal chase. Um, I'm sure you can echo the reasons for that when you inevitably tip him as your Nap in a minute as well. Um Oh, next best, I'm going to go Milkwood. Again, Lou touched on it all, and I wholeheartedly agree with him. 
And reserve, I will go with Soundia in the Hassan's Grace hurdle because I like taking a chance with a few pe- a few of my reserves. Tried to do it with IK Brunel last week, but obviously he was a non-runner. But uh, I just think, again, and luckily so, he's going underestimated. And I'm prepared to take Honeysuck on at the prices. I like your thinking. If, if you tip a non-runner, then you can't lose. Perfect. Exactly that. <laughs> um, I, fully gonna... expect, I fully expect Salger to turn up with one leg on her. <laughs> <laughs> and half a nose, because he, he broke his nose, didn't he? Did uh, no, I, I don't want to do it, but I'm going to have to. Double nap again. It never goes well, but I, I agree. I think Pim will take all the beating in the rehearsal chase. Um, my next best will be secret investor in the Labrooks Trophy. And my reserve will be Moonlighter. Uh, Lewis mentioned him. I, th- I hopefully can back up the farm of Grenatine, who comes out next week. Also, the competition that we're currently running to name the racehorse and uh, win a print of Lost in Translation signed by Robbie Power. Don't forget, you've, you've got till Monday to enter that. Uh, so enter as soon as possible. Get all our names, and me and Lewis will cycle down the, the, the final three to, to give to Paul and um, please enter that out of Profitable and Ventura Falcon we've got some cracking entries in so far so keep them coming in, hopefully we can have as many as possible, thank you very much you two for joining me Matt, thanks once again absolute a regular pleasure. thing absolute pleasure and Lewis, thanks very much for turning up once again <laughs> <laughs> cheers mate <laughs> and we'll speak to you all soon, stay safe